0: Alright, so ready to dive right in? Yeah. Alright, so I'm going to read the excerpt to you right now. Ready? So, the title is My Journey to Becoming Both a Pastor and a Businessman, Best of Both Worlds or Clash of Two Worlds. So, just pretend you are listening to an audiobook right now. <laughs> just don't close your eyes. So, this excerpt... Uh, in the beginning, it's like my journey and my story. And then this is uh, kind of like one third down. So I found myself in the peculiar position of being both a pastor and a businessman. I am now responsible for the business of my father, who was now in heaven, and my heavenly father's business. How do I wisely navigate these two just opposing worlds? Traditionally, it has always been easier and simpler to keep the secular and the sacred separate. Then you don't have to deal with the negative perception. There is a prevailing sentiment that business and church are a suspicious mix. And I totally understand it. I get it. Unfortunately, there are bad heads in the church world who perpetuate this attitude. One pastor said to me, it used to be that 9 out of 10 people think that Christians are bad. Now 10 out of 9 think that pastors are bad. (laughs) I take it as a challenge that all the, the more we need to raise the standard of the office of a pastor. And debunk the misconception that all pastors are bad. There are many, many good, godly, sincere pastors with integrity. Amen? So, in this current climate, this is my solution, and this works for you as well. Enter the business world with optimism guided by the fear of God, while navigating the church world with faith escorted by wisdom. Lots of wisdom. In other words, if I were to combine both realms internally in my heart, my heart and my motivations must be ruled by the fear of God. And then externally, my words and my deeds must be protected by caution and precaution. It is time to live out Jesus' exhortation to be innocent as doves, but... Wise as serpents. So same for you in the corporate world, in the marketplace, doing both is the same thing. As you are in the marketplace, you know what? Your heart must be ruled by the fear of God, guided by the fear of God. But yet, you must be optimistic. You must be positive. You cannot go enter the business world full of negativity. Oh, this is the world. This is the devil's domain. Now we always talk to our staff in the business. And they say, oh, you know, there's a recession. And, and uh, there is the whole trade walls. And then they have this. And, that. and I say, guess what? There is no recession in heaven. There's no recession in heaven. You must have faith. You must be Positive. However, at the same time, if you want to bear a great Christian testimony, in other words, you want to bring glory to God, then in the church where you also must have faith, but at the same time, escorted by wisdom. Loads and loads and loads of wisdom. Amen? So, let me read the next excerpt to you. Aside from these precautions, the Bible teaches us to abstain from all appearances of evil. The last thing I want is to stumble anyone or bring reproach to the church. Being always conscious that I wear two hats, I also have to ensure that our church has good corporate governance and that there are no conflicts of interest between the church and my business. So I am painstakingly strict that no money moves from Heart of God Church to my business. I say it one more time no money goes from the church to my business. In fact, money only flows in one direction. My business donates and gives to Heart of God Church, and that's the one and only way. Amen. Can I have permission to be angsty again? <laughs> Let me tell you what frustrates me. Okay, so, so I'm a distributor of earphones and loudspeaker systems. Loudspeaker systems. And the brand I distribute, and I'm not doing a promotion here, half of the American theaters use our brand. Half of the movie theaters in America use them. It is a great cinema public speaker system. When we renovated Imaginarium, I could have gotten all these speakers for way, way cheap, less than half the retail price if it uses our brand. And we could have saved the church Tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of dollars. Your money. Let me rub it in. Your money. (laughs) But I don't do that. And now we use some other brand. Why? Because even if the, the board of directors approve it, even if I sell it at cost, or even if I give it free to the church, all right, there will always be negative people. There will always be haters on the internet. And so it is not, it's beyond just what you do on your financial statements, on your accounts that I take no profit, that that is given free, or whatever. It, no matter what, the moment they see the brand that I distribute hung up in church, they will think that, I sell my products to the church. And therefore, I make profit from the church. And it's just too tedious or impossible to explain to everyone. So it's more, it's it's beyond just legal transaction or just conflicts of interest that you avoid, it is now optics. So what frustrates me is that I could have saved a lot of your money. (laughs) And get great products for the church. And and I could have gotten great service, great repairs, great after sales service because I'm the distributor. But I don't. Are you getting this? Let me move on. So next excerpt, the last 10 years, have been interesting seeing different people's reactions. While most have been positively influenced and inspired by my entrepreneurial spirit, there is a minority on both ends of the spectrum. On one end, there will always be doubters who view me as wolf among sheep. I thank God that they are limited to cynics who do not know me personally and restricted To the internet, where anonymity ferments cruelty. And do I hear a loud amen? Amen. On the other hand, there are those who were so, inverted commas, inspired by me, that they also wanted to start their own business. However, the problem was that they wanted to make money off church members. And I had to point out a big difference to them. I make money from the world to give to the church. I don't make money from church members so that I can enjoy the world. Big difference. I sell my products to the world so that I can give to church. I don't come to you, hey, wanna buy? Wanna buy, please, please, come on. I'm your pastor. Please buy from me. Do I, do I sell you my stuff? I don't. Big difference. So listen, never make money off church members. Never monetize the church. I recall that 2,000 years ago, some people tried to commercialize the church and Jesus came back with a whip and turned tables. Amen. So I'm not trying to sell you my products. If you want to buy your products, guess what? You got to buy it like anyone else. On the internet, in the retail stores, amen? So my advice to pastors and also to Christian leaders and all the Christian here is, never misuse or abuse relationships. Relationship is the bridge where discipleship and truth and love can walk across. So don't burn the bridge. Relationships are precious. Don't leverage it for unrighteous mammon. MLM, multi-level marketing, or any form of direct sales is not an appropriate business for pastors and Christian leaders. You see, it put church members in the awkward position of having to give obligatory support or face the uncomfortable pressure of having to reject their spiritual leaders. Can you imagine if I come to you and try to sell you something? You know how awkward that whole dynamic will become? So never abuse relationships. I always am not comfortable with any form of business that leverages relationships, that uses that relationship to sell something. If relationships are precious to you, don't abuse it. Amen? So in my business, we have a policy that we do not, that we do not, uh, will not outrightly sell or promote our products to church members. If they want to buy our products, they have to buy it in the stores or online like everyone else. Neither do I put my products or brands on my official social media, right? Now I have an official social media, then I also have a private account. Okay, the private account is my business. Oh, figuratively. (laughs) The private account is me. So if you are not accepted in there, it's because I will post whatever I want to post. Okay? But in my official account, I don't post about my business because I don't leverage it. I don't use my official capacity as a pastor to promote my brand or my business. Amen? In fact, there was once that our social media team posted, wrongly posted some of my products on the account, on the private account. And even then, I tell them, take it down. We are not selling products even on my private account. No. Amen? So, after I shared this a few weeks ago during leaders meeting, I love our leaders. How many of you know that Heart of God Church has some of the most changeable, open leaders ever? So, so I, I shared it on a Friday night meeting on that night, I received a direct message from this leader called Sean, and God bless him. I feel like I want to hug him. And, and he says this, all right? So if you can see from the screen, he says, Hi, SP. Recently, I launched an Instagram uh, for my business that helped to laser engrave wooden plugs uh, for people to give to their friends. So lately, my only customer has been people from church. And after hearing what you shared today, I decided to close my business. You say, wow, I feel so guilty. It just doesn't sit right with me that I'm taking money from people in church. Also, initially it started as an idea and a lot of people have approached me and affirmed me. And honestly, it felt very encouraging at the start. Despite closing it somehow, I feel that maybe I shouldn't uh, reopen it after all. Like what you have shared, my heart and motivations must be ruled by the fear of God, and I don't want to make money off people in church, but rather give back to people in church. So, thanks for sharing your heart uh, so openly with us today, and especially being up, so upfront about finances and um, your take on businesses. Grateful for the privilege to see it. So, want to see my response? I like that uh, the entrepreneurial spirit, don't close it. Just target customer outside the church. So you have fifth floor, sixth floor, first floor. Um. Selling to church friends when they have the legit needs is fine. Like like insurance, wedding, photography, flowers on Mother's Day, that's really fine. But if they buy just to support you, but don't really need your products or services, then it is not good. Amen? So, I want to say once and for all, I don't want you to shut down your businesses. I don't want to stifle the entrepreneurial spirit in our church, especially in the young people. All right, so like we in fact are encouraging you to be entrepreneurs. Like you know our cafe? Our cafe is not run by our church. And I say this, number one, to promote entrepreneurship and number two, if you get food poisoning, it's not our fault. So. No, it's not their fault, it's the caterer's fault. But I say this because we wanted to promote entrepreneurship. So every two years, we have different teams of of young people coming to pitch their ideas, like Shark Tank. And and the people who win it will get to run the cafe. And so it's to encourage them. So don't let this shut down your entrepreneurial spirit. But real quickly, I just want to give you some principles, all right? Motivations and manner of doing business. So this is fourth part of the series. It's not released yet. So some principles. Number one, set your customer base outside church. You see, your market should be outside church. Listen, if your business model, if your plans and strategy only work for church people, it's not very robust. Because church people are the nicest and kindest. You go to the cafe and the coffee tastes like drainage water, and they, and Matthew asks you, "How's the coffee?" Well, very nice, very nice. You know, church people are the nicest. They are not. They are not your benchmark or your measurables. Your business must must be able to withstand real market forces. All right. So if you start anything, make sure it is something for outside people. We always say this, we make money for the church, not from the church. Amen? But number two, so can you sell to church people? Sure. Number two, serve people, solve problems. So like I said, if your church customers are are legit, they really have a need, a desire, a problem, so if your business helps to serve them, your business solve a problem, meet a need that they have, it's legit. Why not? Alright, so I am not saying that you cannot sell to church members. It is not a taboo. It is not a strict no-no. Amen. Amen. To me, it's like this. If you need a product or service, then you might as well get it from your church members. Get it from your church friends, right? So, so many of you are getting married. If you need affiliated services, videographer, whatever, flower arrangement, get it from your church friends, it's legit. How many times are you going to get married, right? So it's not like they, Wait, why don't you get married a second time, please? Then you use my service. You can't do that. It's legit. You need insurance. You need real estate agents buy a house. These are all legit. All right. And and honestly, I would rather you get from church members, so the profit goes to them, and and because they're church members, hopefully you can expect a higher level of service and trust. Are you getting this? All right. But if you are selling. A product that they don't need, then that's the problem. Then your CG friends, your church friends are just buying it to you from you because of support. Then then you get into a gray area. Are you with me? So so we had a case. This leader was selling soap for like $18, and our people, our youths are not even eating. Meals for $18 and they are buying soap from this guy for $18. It's like they are only cleaning their legs because it's too precious. And I had to put a stop. I say, Stop selling your expensive soap. If you sell a $2 soap, sure, they need it. You really need soap. But not at $18. Are you getting this? Amen. So look, if you really backtrack, distill it down, the thing is, what is the purest form of business? The purest form of business is is when a customer, a consumer has a a need, has a a want, um, or has a problem. And you can solve that problem, serve them, help them. You can provide product, services, And when you just meet them together, both parties end up happy. And because nothing is for free, obviously the person's problems being solved has to pay something. And the person providing the service and product needs to make a living. And more than just cost, profits. But it is a legit reason for the products and services. That's why for my business, we say, we never use the word sell. We always say, we don't sell to our customers. We serve happiness. That's the motto and mission of my business, serving happiness. And when you can serve people and you make them happy, the end product and byproduct is that they will buy. And they will come back, amen? So, listen, unless you have a product that they need or they want or service, or unless it is cheaper or better or faster, then, then otherwise, it's, it's, if it's just selling something they don't need or don't want, then that's, that shouldn't be so, amen? So, just for all you business guys, let me teach you something. If you want any product or service that is cheap and fast, don't trust me, it won't be good. If you want something cheap and good, trust me, it won't be fast. If you want good and fast, it won't be cheap. If you want good, cheap and fast, it won't happen. Okay, so for all you entrepreneurs, Business 101. Got it. So I want to just talk about this young lady, um, Sabrina. He, she is our worship leader, and she just led earlier beautifully, much anointing. How many of you like her leading worship? You see, many of you assume that she's a full time staff. She's not. But because she spends so much time and energy in church at nights in the rehearsal, uh, leading worship almost every weekend, everybody thinks that she's a full-time staff. Listen, she is not. She is just a part-time staff. So what does she do? She is a real estate agent. But what's more powerful about this young lady is that um, uh, when she started as an agent, she knows that she has worship team rehearsals in the nights, and then weekends. But if you do residential property, most of the viewing of your customers are nights and weekends. So that's a clash. So she upfront told her company that I will not do residential. I want to do commercial properties. Because commercial properties are during office hours. But however, if you limit yourself to commercial properties, obviously your income is going to go down. But that's the commitment we have. That's the commitment of Sabrina. Give her a big hand, Claire. And then, you know what? Sometimes where she has church commitments and a viewing from a client would clash with her church commitment, you know what she would do? She would call her colleagues uh, to help and serve that client, but because she does that, she has to half her commission and split it with the colleague who helped her. And she would will willingly do that half her own commission so that she can be committed in church. Amen. And, and when it comes to church people engaging her, um, she's not selling her services to everybody and giving after worship, leading, come down, give name cards. <laughs> You know, she, she's not doing that. Uh, but, but if anyone wants to engage her, she will be accountable. She will make sure she tell her leaders or the pastors that, hey, this person has engaged me. I just want to have full disclosure and are you okay with that? Accountability, disclosure. Amen? And, and so she always put God's first. And she will encounter God and miracles uh, because of her faith, of her obedience, and so many stories of miracles. No time to share with you. And then she also won awards from her company, top rookie and top producer. God doesn't shortchange you, amen. So, to me, hey, if you want a real estate agent, why should you go outside get from her? Is she peddling the her services? No. It is legit if you want to buy a house. So, but I, I think most of you are not buying commercial property. But I'm saying, if, if you want a residential property and, and you can work around her timing, by all means, get her. Hey, come on. When you buy the property, you have a singing real estate agent. She will, she will sing you to the property sing you to the bank. If you sell your property, she'll sing you all the way to the signing. All right, so, so are you getting what I'm saying? We're not trying to be legalistic here. It, it's about the heart and motivation. So, so I'm not saying a no-no there's strictly no business transaction in church. It's the heart, it's the motivation. Amen. So, I mean, we have so many people in business. You have may and Martin. You have uh, Faith. They're all in the tuition uh, business. You have Joy in the flower business. Flower business is amazing. They bring so much joy. Her name is Joy. Um, she, you know, for, for, for birthdays, for gifts, for, for weddings, uh, for funeral. not so joyful, but still good. Uh, You're Elton for video. We have all our financial advisors like Colin, Don, Josh, uh, Eugene, Sioling, Chloe, and many, many more. So I'm not shutting all of you down. I, please don't DM me, Pastor. I'm, I'm closing my business. I'm closing my business. This, I don't want a serial mass closing down of businesses in our church. Amen? So, so on one hand, I don't want our church to become a commercialized, monetized place. But on the other hand, there should be a HOGC economy. What better people to to buy from and to to profit than our own church members, right? It's a win-win, amen? Can I have a last word to the the people who are buying the stuff? Turn to your neighbor say, don't be a cheapo. You You know, I have been a pastor for a long, long time. I have not met my secondary school, secondary school friends for years. I don't go back for reunion dinners. I, I'm, I'm just going to have a different life. Yeah. That I would have 30 years later, people texting me, calling me. Hi, I am your secondary four friend." And they didn't say, hey, I heard you're a pastor. I want to be a Christian. No, 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 no. <laughs> I wish it was so easy. It's, I heard you ha- have taken over your father's business. Can I have a discount? 30 years, I'm, I haven't heard a guy. Now he asks for discount. I would have mucked up. So, so, listen, listen. Uh, if you call me after 30 years, can I have a special prize? Sure, special prize just for you. 30% higher. 1% for each year that you didn't contact me. Can I tell you another story? This is Pastor Lear's uh, cancer doctor, right? The surgeon. So we were having our routine checkup. And she said, she knows that we are pastors. Pastor, very sad to tell you, I stopped attending CG, Connect Group. And I I no longer open up my house for Connect Group. Like, oh, are you backslidden? No, 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 I love Jesus. But you know, a lot of people, at first I thought it was a good thing. My Connect Group started growing and growing and growing. But then I realized they're all full of cancer patients. And so they come to Connect Group for free consultation. And they abuse access. And they get my number and they call me 24 hours. And I say, hey, actually this is church and this is Connect Group. You can, she tells them, you can make an appointment and come during office hour. They don't want to do that. So she says, Pastor, I have no choice. I've shut down my Connect Group and uh, I'm no longer opening up my home for the connect group. So I'm talking now to the buyers. Please don't abuse access. Don't be a cheapo. Number three, support young people. So we not only wanna encourage entrepreneurial spirit in the young adults and everyone else, but also the young people. All right, and I love it when our young people give and then they they find ways to, to save money and to budget, which is like unheard of for young people. But at the same time, they are creative in thinking of how to earn money. And and they're thinking of baking cookies and, and, I don't know, selling slime. (laughs) And I know it's completely unnecessary. Like, like who needs slime, right? (laughs) Unless you have a fetish. I know you don't need it, but this is different. When when, when a 14-year-old sells you slime, just buy when a 40-year-old sell you slime, run. So, so can we have some of you to share, incredible young people, come, come, come. Pastor Ilu.
1: Amen. So today we just want to share with you some of the current and past ideas that our young people have. So many of them, they started off just wanting to save and earn money. And out of that, that sparked off a lot of creative business ideas. And so, you know, our youths are really creative. They have been selling many, many things. And so, you know, we have it all on the screen. You have people like Yovanna who sold handmade cards. Jermaine who sold chocolate Rice Krispies. And many of them were only 13 to 14 years old when they were selling all of these. And you've, as you can see over here, it's not just the youths that were selling stuff. You know, our university students and young adults as well, they were running businesses. And you know, we have like Singh, who sold um, personalised home decor pieces. glennis who are selling customised balloons. And our young adult, Leona, he is our culinary chef trained in France. He, was, he has been selling lunch boxes and I've heard really good reviews of his lunch boxes. So today, Ilu and I just want to share with you a little bit more about some of the people that you see on screen. Yeah, so
2: first up, we have Tangster Chef by Suzanne and Giselle Tang. Now we love this pair of sisters. They have a business idea to sell lunch boxes. So you can choose between fried rice or fried bihun for only $3. And they even give you add-ons for $1 like chicken wings and nuggets. So you know, usually food stores, they have like hygiene rate, uh, rating, like grade A, B or C. But for Tangster Chef, there's no such rating because it's totally homemade. So if you buy it, you eat at your own risk. So, but their CG mates are very supportive risk-takers and they bought a lot of food from them already. In fact, they also film many food reviews on their Instagram. That's right, that's my food review. And yes, the bihun tastes delicious. So, you know, Tankster Chef took off really well and business was great. Because of that, someone from the guy CG um, also wants a slice of the pie. So, he was also very inspired to, you know, come up with a business idea to sell lunchboxes. So, I heard he's honing his recipe and will keep a lookout for that. So,
1: let's give Tankster Chef a big hand. And next, we have Rina. And last year, she started her business called Rintelegraph. So what she does is that she would use her calligraphy skills to um, personalize and design customized notebooks. She experimented all sorts of designs on Muji notebooks. You know, she would learn calligraphy using watercolors. And I heard business was really good. So as business grew, she needed to hire staff, right? So I heard that she hired some really high level staff to work for her and they are
0: Pastor Howe. And Pastor Lear. We ever heard sweatshop. <laughs> Pastor Lear was the one drawing the circle. <laughs> Me. I had to go buy and carry back the notebooks <laughs> for her. So <sighs> the things we do for our young people. <laughs> so Please help this kid from this really underprivileged background, <laughs> and uh, support her. Okay,
1: <laughs> you know, aside from having very high-level staff, uh, Rina also engaged uh, her friends to be her models, as you can see in the photo. So this is a very resourceful young lady. Let's give her a big hand.
2: That's right. So, you know what? We also have two guys, Jared and Leroy, and they started a business idea to sell ice pops. Now, they didn't even make their own ice pops. So, technically, they're resellers. So, how many of you here want to hear their business? So, we're going to invite both of them up. So, let's let's give Jared and Leroy a big hand. So, over here are our ice pop sellers, Jared and Leroy. So, tell us, what happened to your first batch of ice pops?
0: Okay, so we put the icepops into our bag, and then they <laughs> melted on our books. <laughs> but on the bright side, we had a great excuse to not hand out our homework that day. <laughs> oh
2: no. Oh no. Okay, but after that, we became
0: smarter and invested in a cooler bag. From there, our business took off and we both earned $180 in our first month.
2: Wow, $180. <laughs> now tell us, what is the hardest part about selling ice pops?
0: Not eating them.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, can, I must admit, I was
0: guilty of that twice. <laughs> but I paid myself back in the end and I even made $60 more than Dior. <laughs> I guess you could say, I'm the better businessman.
2: (laughs) Well, how many of you think that both of them are great businessmen? Let's give them a
1: big hand. Okay, Ilu. Actually, our dear friend over here, you have your own business. So why don't you share with everyone about it? Yes, so actually this idea came
2: from my boyfriend, Nicholas. And he told me that I could cook lunch boxes for my friends on staff. So I was very excited and then told my mum about it and she said, No way, you're going to come near my kitchen. I cook and you just do the delivery. So that's how my business started. And (laughs) and so my friends on staff began to subscribe to my weekly uh, food plan and soon I had 16 orders. And you know, Pastor Charleson, Pastor Lynette and Pastor Garrett all ordered from me. So they are my biggest supporters and influencers. And I must say that her mother's food is really nice. Thank you for the support, PL. So, you know, right now right, I have a lot of lunch boxes to carry, and my food carrier became so heavy I couldn't bring them onto the train. But thankfully, I have a very muscular food panda, AKA my boyfriend, Nick. It's, so he came to the rescue and helped me to carry all to church.
1: Yes, there's Nick over there. <laughs> So by the end, Nick is going to grow some biceps. That's awesome. So, Ilu, so right now your mother cooks, your boyfriend delivers, and you earn all the money. Yes. That's the best business model. Come on, let's give Elu a big hand.
0: That's a brilliant business model. Amen. Alright, moving right along real quickly. Can I read to you a few more excerpts and I'm done. So one part of the business that gives Pastor Lear and I uh, joy, immense joy, is giving away our products. The running joke between me and our CEO, CEO Christian, is that uh, he he needs to make money faster than I can give away. I know how it feels to be a pastor struggling with personal finances. I remember the early days when my budget only covered my needs. Uh, and indulging in the non-essential realm of once were as rare as summer snow. So now I am really happy to be able to bless pastors with our products. So during Strong Church Hong Kong this year, um, all the in the HOGC Strong Church conference in Hong Kong, our business gave away eleven thousand Singapore dollars of consumer electronics to forty pastors in Hong Kong. Now they probably don't need it, but Pastor Lee and I. Uh, just happy to bring some snow to the tumultuous summer uh, heated up by protests. So we are humbled to play a small part in bringing the hope of Christ to pastors and churches in the city. Altogether, just in the last four and a half years, our business has given away 400,000 worth of products to bless churches and pastors around the world. So I think, yeah, so... So even Dr. Robbie, Yo Kim, and uh, some pastors from Thailand, Hong Kong, and, and Bishop, and, uh, and Fraser, and Tammy, and all, I mean, just countless amounts. Well, I really didn't even know the amount of money that we have given away until I wrote this article, and then I got our accounts department to, to, to come up with the numbers. When I saw the numbers, I fainted. And Christian had a heart attack. Yeah, and, and we also, I think, give some to the Hong Kong pastors. Yeah, so these are the Hong Kong pastors uh, as well, and they're so touched and happy. Even Sandy from Streams of Praise uh, also got. So all this we give to them from our business because God wants us to bless our pastors and Christian leaders through our business. Amen. So, reading along, aside from financially giving to Heart of God Church Building Fund, Pastor Lears, and my other motivation for having a business is to support our pastors and staff. Honestly, I would prefer to give more to the leaders who build Heart of God Church than to put our resources into the rent of the church. But we have to do it, right? We have to pay rent. Um, Because in my view... Paying rent falls under the expense column while supporting leaders goes up into the asset column. So when I took over the business, one of the revelations that impacted me most was from Acts 20, 33 to 35. And Paul proclaimed, and and this really hit me hard. And Paul says, I have never coveted anyone's silver, gold, or fine clothes. You know that these hands of mine have worked to supply my own needs and even the needs of those who were with me. And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You know, I want to be able to go onto my deathbed and be able to proclaim, like what Paul said, that I have never coveted anyone's gold, silver, or fine clothes. And that my own hands, my own life, I have worked for my own needs and even the needs of those who are with me. My team, the people who are with me on the team in heart, in spirit, in relationship. So my business will take care of my own needs and those who are with me. And I'm now propelled by this motivation to have a profitable business that can financially support the HOGC staff team. It's not done fully yet, but one day. Because they are, just, they are more than just employees, they are family. Pastor Lee and I treat our staff like spiritual sons and daughters. And our happiest times in business are when we can give Um, to our team. We have contributed to some who are buying their first car. At times, we will also extend to them interest-free loans or even uh, give them money to buy their first car. So, truly, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Amen? Is everybody happy? Can I close by one more thing? Still alive? All right. You know, I want to talk about and write on uh, Pastor Garrett's message the other day. And he was talking about how there are three levels of giving, um, from contribution to commitment to a calling. And for and so some of us here, you just started giving and it's a contribution. And that's great. That's a good start. And for many of you here, it's a commitment. For years and years, you know, it's like part of your lifestyle. Every year you plan how much to give. So it's a commitment already. And you are incredible people. But today I want to talk to a, about a third level called calling. And I want you to go to Romans 12, verse 6 to verse 8. And it says here, In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. If God, so if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership abilities, Take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So there is this level of contribution, a level of commitment, and then a last level called a calling. That you have a God-given gift to give. Now, before all of you have any funny ideas, some of you are thinking, oh, but pastor, so good, I don't have the gift of giving. Look, 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 look at the whole verse. You don't need to have a gift of kindness to be kind. You don't need to have a gift of serving to serve. So you can't say, I'm so sorry, I can't serve. It's not my gift. I'm so sorry, I can't be kind to you. I'm not gifted to be kind. I'm just by nature cruel. So there is a level of humanity where everybody can give, can serve, can help. But then here, we are talking about a level that is special. A level that is a gift of giving. And that's where I want to pray for you. If there's any one of you here in our church, you have been giving at a commitment level already. But somehow, you feel in your heart that God has been calling me. Not today, but I have this gift in my heart to have a gift of giving. That that when God prospers me, or at some point, I feel this is me. And one of the ways I can serve is a gift of giving. I want to pray for you. Because I believe that I have a gift of giving. And uh, because I, I think you cannot give away a million dollars and don't have the gift. So, so I, I have that. And Pastor Leah has that. So, so I want to pray that God will raise up beyond commitment level a whole generation of people who has a gift of giving. And guess what? God gives seeds to the sower. If you want to activate your gift of giving, you've got to activate your gift of making money. You can't have a gift of giving without making the money, right? So I want to pray that you will have the gift of making money as well. But how do you know if you have a gift of giving? I mean, like, you enjoy giving. Like like right now, not just money. You, You enjoy giving presents. You enjoy going overseas. And instead of buying stuff for yourself, you buy stuff for everyone else. That's Leah. So so you really like giving. You like to see the look and the face of people when they receive gifts. It's your language of love. Maybe you have a gift of giving. Can we pray for you later? Amen? So I want to close by saying this. Can I read the last excerpt for you? And this is probably, I've saved the, the best for the last. It's called The King and the Cross. So the last excerpt, and then we are done. If you are a business owner who has overtly expressed that you are a Christian business, then you need to be a godly testimony too. I take it as a personal challenge to set a new benchmark for Christian business leaders and a new standard of irreproachable integrity for pastors. So for me, it's a, it's a crusade, it's a challenge, that that I want to redeem the office of a pastor that has been so dragged through the mud, especially in Singapore, that I want to be able for people to look at me and Pastor Lear and and not in an egoistic way, but to say, hey, there's some hope, there is some imperfect, but some pastors like us who are trying our best to bring glory to God and to redeem the office of a pastor. So if you want your ministry and life to be part of the business world, then you must be more set apart externally and internally. And finally, the King and the Cross. And all the business people, entrepreneurs, please listen to this. And this is my last triggered, angsty audio reading. In Jesus' time, people wanted a king without the cross. In our time people want the cross without the king. And sadly, this can also be said for some Christian businesses. Some Christians, they want a business without the cross. Their business is so separate from their spiritual life and Christian values that it is not in obedience and submission to the cross. Their mantra is, business is business. Like, what can I do? So their business is purely for personal profit, It is so self-centric that it is bankrupt of any divine purpose or spiritual significance. Now on the other hand, there are also some businessmen who won the cross without the king. They use the cross in their business for endorsement and association to lower the guard of other Christians. This opportunist, they attach the cross to their business for marketing, networking, negotiating, and closing deals. They use the cross like a co-branding advertising campaign. They use the gospel like a movie for product placement marketing. They, so they brandish the cross when advantageous. But as for the king, hmm, maybe just pay him a visit on Sunday when convenient. My prayer, my dream is that my business will inspire a new generation of businesses in Heart of God Church that will manifest both the cross and the King. Stand up with me. So make sure all this is in the article. Go read it. Go forward it. Go send to your friends. But right now, I want to do this. I promise you I will pray for the business people. I'll do it as quickly as I can. So, three groups of people. Number one, you're in business. Number two, you are thinking of getting into business. It doesn't matter. It can be a real small business like, like a tuition or whatever or, or a one-on-one tuition. I don't know. it's uh, Selling Thai fun. It doesn't matter. But, but you know that you are caught to the business world. Or you're not a business owner, but you are in the business world. You are a corporate guy, a marketplace guy, um, and, and so, I want to pray for you. See, today we're talking about the heart and the motivations. Alright, so if you are in a real estate agent, a finance, financial advisor, but you come up only if you say, God, my business will have the King and the cross. Both. That I will not leverage or use my Christian business for advantage. I don't don't use God. God used me. We don't use Him. And secondly, I want my business to have the King. That it will have spiritual significance. It will have divine purpose. Not just pure profit. So the last thing we're going to do, those of you who have felt in your heart that, hey, maybe I have a gift of giving. I want to go from contribution, from commitment to a calling. That God is my calling to give. If that's, you have a sense of that, I want to pray for you. And so I want to count to three. If that's you, I just want you to have that gift activated in your life, that impartation. So you can put your hands on your heart, you can lift it up, whatever. But you're saying, God, help me to activate that gift. Help me to be a, a person beyond a character of generosity, beyond being a giver and now is my calling to give if that's you one two and 3 Just put your hands on your heart lift up your hands so God see all these hands God I pray that it is not about the money because you have all the money in the world in the universe in heaven but God that You have gifted us this gift. And while many here are young, God, that we have a whole life, a whole career, a whole entrepreneurial life ahead of us, that God, that You would give us this gift, that whatever we do, whatever our hands find to do, that God, You will be with us, and that our heart and our motivations and our manner will be godly, biblical, and of you that will bring glory and testimony to you God and in that God we want to be willing and cheerful givers so in the name of Jesus I pray that as the gift that you've imparted into my life and pastor Leah's life I would impart it to a whole generation of people of believers of disciples of young people all over this church God I pray that for all the people here who have businesses or will start businesses, that, that it's not just about the business idea or the investments or the or the finances or the, the strategies or the business model, but most of all, God, that You, the King and the cross, will be on that business, that there will be moral imagination, there will be spiritual imagination. So God, I pray in the name of Jesus, help us to raise up an army of the of givers an army of people with the gift of giving imparted, imparted activated but also god raised a whole new generation of business people that they say that they are first a christian then a business person first a christian first a christian first a christian with christian values and convictions not just on sunday not just on a weekend Will be infused into their business, their business practices, their best practices, into their culture, into their services, into their products, oh God. So, God, that they will be irreproachable of Christian character and conviction and testimony. So, you touch everyone here in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, we want to end this service and we pray for your blessing. We pray for your love into our lives, not just money, but beyond that. Father, we pray for significance, for, for relationships, for health, for fulfillment, for satisfaction, for joy in our lives. We pray for not just money, but what money cannot buy. Thank you, Jesus. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And everyone say, Amen.
1: You have reached the end of the sermon. We pray that you've been blessed by the Word of God. To find out more about us, you can log on to www.heartofgodchurch.org or connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at HOGC. You can also follow Pastor Howe on Facebook and Instagram at pastor.howe or check out his website at www.pastorhowe.com.